Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, September 20th. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt. To most people, vacuum cleaners are just appliances. But to some, they are a passion that dates back to childhood. Get whatever you want for your birthday, and then I would get a vacuum for my birthday, and I guess it goes from there. Coming up, we'll have a report on the National Vacuum Cleaner Collectors Club convention that took place over the weekend in Rolla. But first, this news. The Swansea Police Department recently swore in its first two black officers. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports this comes as results from the U.S. Census show the village of about 15,000 grew more diverse in the past decade. Non-white people account for about 35% of Swansea's population, with black residents making up 23% of the village now. Swansea Police Chief Steve Johnson says it's long overdue for the village to have a more diverse police force. It always turned out that we had some great qualified candidates on our list, and in some other community would hire them first before we brought them on. Jonathan Williams is one of the newly sworn officers. He previously worked for the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department and says the biggest draw to Swansea's was the department's direct involvement in the community. The citizens are the most important part, and this is a department that's committed to working with their citizens. Williams says his ties to the area also helped, having worked at a local school and nursing home before becoming an officer. In Swansea, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. China is expecting a record harvest of corn this year, but experts say that shouldn't worry Midwest farmers for now. Chinese corn production is projected to be up 5% from last year. Bradley Shad is the CEO of the Missouri Corn Growers Association, He says Midwest producers shouldn't be concerned. And it's a a fairly small percentage um, increase. And whenever you look at their uh, expected percentage use of of increase uh, in feed grains, um, it, it really negates that and makes that even smaller. China changed its rules on what could be fed to hogs, specifically outlawing using scraps from restaurants and food production because of its link to transmitting African swine fever. Shad says China's demand for corn will outpace its production for the foreseeable future. The state of Missouri is looking into expanding its fairgrounds by purchasing around 400 acres of adjacent land. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, this will be the last chance the state has to increase the size of the grounds. The state is working with State Fair Community College as well as Pettis County, the city of Sedalia, and the fair itself on the acquisition. The fair and the college will likely split the land 50-50 if it is purchased. Despite the Missouri State Fair being situated over more than 375 acres of land, it is essentially landlocked by already developed property. State Representative Brad Pollitt, whose district includes the fair, says without the purchase of this plot, the fair is finished expanding. I think the fair would become stagnant with continued frustrations of exhibitors and um, patrons who would like to camp here not being able to camp. According to Pollitt, the land will cost the state between 3 to $4 million, depending on if they get a match from the community college. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. A crowd gathered Saturday in Jefferson City to celebrate the state's bicentennial with a World War II nurse leading the parade. Edith Harrington waved the crowd from a military jeep, followed by about 100 entries that highlighted the history of the Show Me State. The festivities also marked the election of state officeholders in 2020, whose traditional inauguration events were delayed because of the coronavirus. 
most people, vacuum cleaners are just a household tool. But for a select group of enthusiasts, they are a passion. The National Vacuum Cleaner Collectors Club convention took place over the weekend in Rolla. That sound may make you think of housework. After all, a vacuum cleaner's job is to clean. But to Mike Arrigo of St. Louis, it's music. Each one has a different pitch, and yeah, it does kind of create an image. I actually have one vacuum, which I actually did bring with me. It brings back memories because it sounds exactly like the first wet-dry vac we ever had when I was a kid. Um, it's an E-flat note. Arrigo is a vacuum cleaner collector. He's also blind, but he enjoys the sound of these humble appliances so much that he came to Rala along with more than 50 other people from as far away as New York and California to the Vacuum Cleaner Collectors Club convention. It's held at Mid-Missouri Vacuum, a repair shop and museum in an unassuming strip mall in Rala. Alex Terzuola came from Denver and said the shop is the Taj Mahal of vacuum collections. This beautiful display here, it's really worth visiting and seeing everything lined up just perfect and everything you can go through like it's like a time capsule for different decades. The owner of the shop is Tom Gasco. He has more than 700 vacuum cleaners, the best of which are on display in his shop. Gasco is one of the top two collectors in the country, and yes, there is debate in the vacuum cleaner collector community on whose is the best. Gasco says he has been obsessed with vacuums since he was a kid and says they tell the story of art and culture and society since their invention around 1900. The machines that were made in the 1930s, as an example, are all Art Deco. In the 1940s, especially right after World War II when we had a national steel strike, steel was very, very hard to get. But a new plastic had been invented called Bakelite. So you begin to see Bakelite vacuum cleaners made after World War II. All right, so we'll run this one. One of the highlights of the convention is getting to try out the vacuums, both the ones in Gasco's museum and the ones collectors bring to show off. Stephen Norris of Knoxville, Tennessee, is running a 1968 Kirby right after he took a 1968 Hoover for a test drive. I think it's easier to steer around furniture than the Hoover to me, but it doesn't go as low underneath that furniture. Norris says he loves vacuums, but it's hard for him to describe why. He says he's been interested in them since he was a kid. Get whatever you want for your birthday, and then I would get a vacuum for my birthday, and I guess it goes from there. So there's not a concrete answer, to, if, if you know what I mean, on why. I think it's something you're born into is how I always think of it. So, In addition to trying out vacuums and talking about their shared passion, this community also works to help each other. Charlie Waltress of North Carolina has been working for years to try to get a 1946 Premier Upright working again. He thought a repairman he had worked with before could help. He looked at it and he said, you know, it's, there's not a lot I can do. It's more going to be like a display vacuum. Then I took it to a local place where I live in North Carolina and it was sort of the same thing. We can't do anything and it's like I just refuse to accept that. So Waltress brought the vacuum to Rolla where a collector brought a motor he could have and Michael Balda of Wisconsin worked on it for hours. Balda, who has had some of his vacuums used as props in movies, says the Premier might be the hardest vacuum to fix. This style vac is a hard one to take apart. It was engineered to last forever, so you know it's 80 years old, and when we're done with it, it'll still be running, running it today. So.
That's awesome. I'm glad you got it working. That's an all-day project. Was there ever any doubt that you were going to get it working? Getting it working? No. Getting it back together? Yeah. <laughs> Gasco says that sense of community may be what this convention is really about. So it is a 50% vacuum-oriented thing, but we really enjoy getting together once a year. And for some people, it's their vacation. But don't be mistaken. They really love vacuum cleaners. Gasco has a tattoo of the logo of his favorite vacuum, the 1935 Airway, on his arm, and has made it clear that when he dies, he wants to be cremated and have his ashes vacuumed up in there. Fred Ehrlich edited that report, and Fred told me, Jonathan, this story really sucks. Okay, he didn't really say that. He's way too classy for a low-rent pun like that. But I did ask Tom Gasco about the number of times he's been asked about his job sucking. If I had a dime for every time somebody says, well, your job must really suck, what I have learned to say back to that is, if I do my job right, it does. <laughs> well, it's, it's better than a fan because the fans blow. That's Tom Gasco of Mid-Missouri Vacuum with a little bit at the end thrown in there from Mike Balda of Wisconsin. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.